Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. Come on, City Life, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus today. Uh, look at your neighbor, tell him you're glad you got to worship with them. Everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Well, as you can see, I am not here. I'm in South Africa. And starting today, we are just going to have an amazing few days of ministry, ministering this week to almost half a million people, uh, pastors, leaders, uh, television networks. It's just a full week. So I covet your prayers. I pray that the day goes well and everything you need from God you receive today. And this is an amazing week. But I ask you to pray for me in my travels and in our journeys, but most of all, that we deposit something in the life of these people. And we're believing that South Africa, because of the conference and all that's going on there, will forever be changed. So if you'll commit to pray for me, I believe it's going to be a great week, and I look forward to seeing you in a few days. Let's jump right into the Word today. We're going to continue our series we started last week where we talked about Elijah, and we talked about the Yes God. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, from the Message Bible, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. A sure beginning of what he's destined to complete. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We talked last week about how God marks us. And we respond to God's yes with an amen, with our yes. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. So that the glory of God can work through us, not just fall on us, not just a feeling that we feel when we get into a building, but that it literally can work through us. See, God wants his promise not only to work for you, but work through you. He wants it to work in the marketplace and in your home. He wants it to work in the school system. Everywhere you go, he wants the promise of God to be at work. We talked about Elijah last week, how God anointed this young man And he took him on a journey and a process because there's always a process to the plan and the purpose of God. He took him and he started in a season of famine and he brought him by a brook. And the Bible said God used supernatural methods to sustain him. He sent ravens to bring him food. The Bible said God spoke to him that that season was ending, that he was moving him to another place, a place called Zarephath. And there he would cause a widow woman to sustain him. 
And the Bible said that they were in a season of just enough. The Bible said every time they went back to the mill barrel, there was just enough meal. But in that season of just enough, as I shared last week, God raised this widow's son back to life after he had died. God began to move in supernatural ways. I find out in my journey many times, it's in the season of just enough where God does his greatest work in my life. Why? He's preparing me for a season of more than enough. The Bible said God spoke to Elijah and said, this season is coming to an end. It's time for the next step of the journey. I want you to go to Carmel and there I'm going to give you this mountain. The Bible said he gets to Carmel, 450 naysayers, prophets of Baal, worshiping a false god. They are waiting on him. And I told you last week that they had a contest to find out who served the true and living God. The Bible says that they built an altar and they worshiped and sang and danced all night, but nothing happened. And then the Bible said Elijah built an altar and the Bible said he looked up to the heavens and he said, I'm looking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel to show up today. The God that has showed up in the past, I'm looking for him Today, the Bible said the heavens opened, the fire of God fell, consumed the sacrifice, the prophets of Baal begin to run. I'm telling you, there is nothing that will chase your haters out of your life like a move of God. They cannot dwell and they cannot argue and they cannot come against the Spirit of God. They can argue with you, they can argue with me, but they cannot argue. There is no argument for the affirmation of God in your life. The Bible said not long after that, he began to hear a sound, the Bible said. It's not rained in three and a half years, but the Bible said he heard the sound of an abundance of rain. The Bible said finally they saw a small cloud in the sky, and the Bible said the rains began to come once again. You know, that's an awesome story, how God started him by a brook, took him through Zarephath, ended up at Carmel where fire fell, and the rains were released. Rains always produce a harvest. But what you have to understand, with every leg of the journey, there was a declaration and a response by Elijah. He said this, at your word, not my word, not what I know, not what I think, not what I feel, but at your word will I go. And the Bible said every move he made, he made by the word of God. You know, I find when I respond to God, yes, for my life, when I respond to the word of God and I begin to tell him that I'm willing to walk and move, not by what I see, but the Bible says we move by faith. The Bible said God always responds to that. In every step of Elijah's journey, he responded to God's word. He moved. In every step, the Bible said his faith increased. The supernatural of his life increased. The affirmation of the father on his life increased. And then the Bible says that one day he is sitting there and God begins to speak to him. He begins to tell him that he's going to give him a next level anointing that's going to be passed to another generation. See, that's really our goal in life is to not keep what God has given us, but to pass it on to someone, that your children and your children's children, that we empower a next generation. You see, the reality is we're responsible for the next generation. We're responsible today. We will pray over graduates that are getting ready to go into the world and begin to see and believe and do what God has never had for them. And all of a sudden, new things are going to open. We have a responsibility, City Life, to raise up the next generation. The next generation will be responsible for the next generation. And the Bible said, he tells Elijah, I want you to go find the son of Shaphat, Elisha. And the Bible said in 1 Kings chapter 19, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go there and then we're going to jump to 2 Kings chapter 2. 
Verse 19, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him, threw his mantle on him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to them, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen and the equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah, here it is, and became his servant. We find that Elisha is already called because God told Elijah where to find him. The Bible said Elijah shows up and finds Elisha just where God said. See, what you have to understand today, and what I have to realize in my journey, God knows where I'm at. Where I'm at has not caught God off guard. What he has for me is not bound by my circumstance or even my today. God knows where you're at. And the Bible said that Elisha was just where God told Elijah he would be. Elijah walked by Elisha and he did something. He took off his mantle, the covering, the anointing that covered his life. The mantle represented the covering of the presence of God in Elijah's life. And the Bible said for a moment he put it on Elisha and then he took it off. Something happened in that moment. There is something about God moments in our life where God gives us those moments that give us a glimpse of greater, a promise, a yes that declares there's greater on the way. There's something in your future beyond what you know. The Bible said he took the mantle and then he began to depart. And the Bible said Elisha jumped off the plow and began to run after Elijah. Elijah said, go back, go back. What have I done to you? And the Bible said something transitioned in this moment. The Bible said Elisha did go back, but when he went back, he destroyed the plow, he sacrificed the oxen, and he began to follow Elijah. What he was saying was this, I'm going to destroy my yesterday. Why? Old things are passed away, and all things are becoming new in my life. And I'm going to seek out on a journey to find the new things of God, the promise of God, the purpose of God, the things that God has already declared of about me in my future. See, Elijah got a glimpse of it, but Elisha really didn't know what it was. He knew that Elisha would be a prophet when he was taken. And the Bible said, Elisha began to follow after and serve Elijah. You know, I find the greatest way for you and I to walk in God's presence and anointing is to have a servant's heart. Jesus modeled this right before he left his disciples. The Bible said he disrobed, he took a pail of water and a rag. And with this rag, this towel, he washed the disciples' feet. The greatest begin to serve. That's how you become great in the kingdom. That's what leads you to another level. That's what leads you to an increased anointing is by serving one another. And this is what takes place. They begin to walk. They begin to serve. And the Bible said they begin to walk through a process very similar to Elijah. Remember, Elijah went to a brook and then to Zarephath. And then he went to Carmel. And then the rains came. God always has a process for every journey, for every life. The promise really isn't affirmed until the process is complete. And when you understand that the process has to take place in your life. And in 2 Kings chapter 1, we find a glimpse of this process. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. 
But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to them, do you not know what the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said, stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that way and the two of them crossed on dry ground. So it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I am taking from you. And Elisha said, please, here it is, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not, it will not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw them no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces. And he also took up his mantle, the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? When he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And then they said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master. Lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him up on a mountain into some valley. You see, anytime we make up our mind, we are going to journey. We're going to see some places that Elisha journeyed. See, Elijah's journey was different. Why? Because we all need different things in our journey. You know, there's four principles that if we will apply them in our journey, they will keep us on path. First, you have to submit to God's authority. You know, it's really easy to submit to your own will. Even Jesus in a garden before he picked up a cross prayed this prayer. Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. But then he made a declaration, not my will, but thine be done. He picked up a cross, he died upon that cross, but there was a resurrection in his future. Anytime you submit to God's authority, you're submitting to God's plan. And God's plan always has purpose and promise. Not only do you have to submit to God's plan, but the Bible says you and I, if we're going to be great in our kingdom journey, we must become a servant leader. The Bible said Elisha began to serve Elijah. Later on, you will find where 50 men now are serving Elisha. 
Jesus served and released 12 and they changed the world. When you become a servant leader, if you're not serving somewhere in the kingdom, in this church or in some other area of your life, and all you're doing is receiving, you're discounting the blessing of God in your life. I would challenge you, find a place to connect, find a place to serve. It takes an army to move city life as a ministry and we need your gifts to move the kingdom. Not only do you have to submit to God's authority, not only do you have to become a servant leader, but you have to stay focused. You know, many times we fail because we fail to keep the main thing, the main thing. When you lose focus, you begin to wonder and you begin to drift and you get off course, you get tired, you get weary. But when you are focused on the prize, as the Bible said, as Paul declared, you can run the race. You may have to press, you may have to fight, but you always know this, what's before you is greater than that which is behind you. Not only do you have to submit to God's authority, become a servant leader, stay focused, but here it is right here. You have to keep a pure heart in the process because it's easy to get jaded, it's easy to get hard, it's easy to be wounded. It's easy to get sidetracked and let other things fill your heart. But the Bible says when your heart is pure, you begin to get a glimpse of God in your journey. And when you get a glimpse of God, the Bible says the pure in heart, they see God. And when you see God, you begin to see who you are. You begin to see his promises. You begin to see his word with greater revelation. Submit to God's authority. Become a servant leader. Stay focused on your mission and your assignment and keep around heart. Keep a pure heart. Allow the word to continually wash you and the spirit of God to renew your mind so that you can get up every day believing for God's best in your life. We find that Elisha now is serving Elijah. And they start this journey together. And one day Elijah takes Elisha to Gilgal. Every place represented something, something that Elisha would need in his journey to become a man of God that carried the anointing of God. See, Gilgal was not just any place. But in the word of God, we find that Gilgal was a place where the manna stopped and, and, and the, the cloud by day and the fire of night stopped when the children of Israel were pursuing the promised land. It was a place where they had to walk by faith and not by sight. Elisha, just like us, we must come to a place. There's a Gilgal in all of our life where we have to make up our mind. We're going to walk by the promise of God, the yes of God, what God is saying about us or for us, where we begin to move according to the spirit of God. And we are led by the spirit of God. He walked into Gilgal and God was teaching him, Elisha, if you're going to be the man of God that I've called you to be, you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. It wasn't not long after that, that Elisha was waiting at Gilgal and Elijah said, you know what? The God has called me to Bethel. You rest here. But something was stirring in Elisha. He said, oh no, where you go, I'm going. If you're going to Bethel, I'm going to Bethel. You see, Bethel wasn't just any place, but Bethel was the place where, where Jacob wrestled with God and Jacob found out who he was. Now watch this. Elisha used to be a farmhand and he worked for his mom and dad. He, he led a plow and a team of oxen. God had to really shift his mind if he was going to walk in the confidence of his authority and his anointing. He had to walk as a man of God. Not only a man of God, but one that would carry a double portion of anointing. And there's a Bethel in every one of us. It was the place where Jacob wrestled with God. This man that had deception in his heart and in his life. And the Bible said as he wrestled with God, God did something in his life. And in a moment, the Bible said God blessed Jacob and he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And the Bible said God declared to him, 
There's an inheritance beyond what you even know. The yes of God lies in your future. And the Bible said from that day, he was no longer Jacob, but he was now Israel. And the Bible said he had to walk and lean on a staff because when you find out who you are, you always walk different. You always respond different. Come on, if you believe there's a new season in your life, put your hands together right now and celebrate. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say there's a new season for you. God's renaming you. He's giving you a new address. He's doing something new in your life. The Bible said they didn't just go to Gilgal and Bethel, but now Elijah comes to him and I'm sure he's looking at Elisha and his progression and, and just being mesmerized how good he's doing. And he said, you know, you've done real well. You made it through Gilgal. You made it through Bethel. You've learned that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. You've learned that you've got to realize that you are a new creation, that old things are passed away, and God has relabeled you and declaring new things. But I'm going to Jericho, and you stay here. It's just a short journey. I'll be back. But Elijah said, oh, no, where you go, I'm going. And the Bible said they moved to Jericho. Jericho was not just any place. But we find Jericho in the word of God was the place where the city was shut up. But God had already told the people of God it was their city. And the Bible said the promise of God and the yes of God was surrounded by walls. And here was the plan of God. Because every time God gives you a promise, he always gives you a plan to get to the promise and to inherit the promise. And the Bible said, here was the plan of God. He said, put down the weapons and find me some worshipers. I'm going to teach you how to fight the God way. I'm going to teach you that you are a mighty weapon in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Matter of fact, I'm going to have you march around this wall every day for six days. And on the seventh day, I'm going to have you march around for seven days. And when you get around the seventh time, I want you to put your foot down and I want the worshipers to begin to worship. And I want the people that have trumpets to blow the trumpets. And I want you to sound an alarm and I want you to shout because I am going to give you the city. And the Bible said they begin to walk around that wall every day for six days. And on the seventh day, the Bible said they got up early. There was an expectation in the camp. And the Bible said seven times they marched around the wall. And the Bible said the minute they put their foot down. The men of God begin to shout. They begin to blow the ram's horn and the trumpets. And the Bible said that wall that was keeping them from the promise began to crumble and it began to fall. It did not just fall. The Bible said it fell flat. They didn't have to walk through rubble. They didn't have to dig their way through. God just wiped it out for them. I'm telling you, there are some of you here today. God is taking you through your Jericho right now. And he's teaching you that it's not a fight of flesh, but it's a fight in a spiritual sense and God is equipping you with the right weapons you need. He said, if you'll worship me, if you'll pray, if you'll stay focused, I will fight the battle for you. Why? It's not even your battle. The Bible said the battle is the Lord's and that no weapon formed against you can prosper and all that rise against you have to fall. Come on, somebody celebrate today that he's fighting your battle. Somebody celebrate that God has gone before you and already declared the pro. You may see it inside walls right now but God already knows it's for you. He already knows it's out there. Come on, put your hands together right now and celebrate the yes for your life. The Bible said they not only made it through Gilgal, and they not only made it through Bethel, and they not only made it through Jericho, they not only found out that they have to walk by faith and not by sight. Elisha didn't only learn that he had to move by faith, but he realized who he was, that he was no longer just a farm boy, but God was giving him an anointing to change a generation. 
And the Bible said now he's moved through Jericho and God's taught him how to fight the God way, that our weapons are not caramel, but they're mighty in the spirit and in God. And now we find that Elijah looks at him one day. The time of Elijah's departure is at hand. God is getting ready to pour out the promise that he asked for Elisha. The yes of Elisha is about to hit his life. And this is what Elijah tells him. I'm going over across the Jordan. I'll be back. The Bible said that something rose up. And Elisha said, no, where you go, I will go. The Bible said as they journeyed, Elijah looked at Elisha. And this is what he said to him. You've made it through Gilgal. You've made it through Bethel. You've made it through Jericho. We're getting ready to cross the Jordan. And when I am taken and the Spirit of the Lord takes me, if you keep focused and you see me when I'm taken, you can have whatever it is you asked. What did he ask for? Wealth? A business deal? A large family? A bigger house? No. He looked at Elijah and said, I want a double portion of the anointing that's on your life. Elijah responded this way. He said, you've asked a hard thing, but I believe that if you keep focused, hard things are possible in the spirit. Big things are possible in the spirit. If you keep your eye on what God is doing, anything is possible. And the Bible said they got to the Jordan and Elijah took off his mantle the same mantle that he touched Elisha with at the beginning of the journey. And when he took off the mantle, the Bible said, he looked at the Jordan and the Bible said he smote the waters. He hit the waters with his mantle. And the Bible said the waters rolled back. See, Jordan just was not any place, but it was always a crossing place in the word of God. It's where the children of Israel crossed from a wilderness into a promise. It's where Naaman that had leprosy and leprosy always represented sin. He went and he dipped seven times in the Jordan and the Bible said his skin was new like a baby. We find the Jordan is where Jesus walked in. And the Bible said when John baptized Jesus and Jesus came out of the waters. The Bible said the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, and the Father began to speak. The Jordan was always a crossing place for a new season and a place of promise. The yes of God always was on the other side of the Jordan. And they get to the Jordan, and he smotes the water, and the Bible says the waters roll back. And then they walk across. The Bible says something began to shift, and something began to happen. Matter of fact, there's some of you today, you're at a cross place and God's about to take you into the yes of God. He's about to take you into a new season of the kingdom. He's about to deliver you into that place that he's put in your heart. And the Bible said when they get across, something happens. A chariot of fire and horses race across the sky. And then the Bible said a whirlwind began to carry Elijah up into the clouds. And Elisha, in all of the commotion, he focuses on Elijah. And the anointing. And he yells out, Master, Father, I see you. And the Bible said Elijah did something. He took the mantle that was so prevalent throughout this journey. The thing that touched Elisha on the plow that made him get off the plow. The thing that divided the waters. The garment that Elijah wore every day. And he dropped it. This is what the Bible said. 
Elijah ripped his own clothes. Elisha ripped his own garments. And he picked up the mantle of Elijah. And he said, oh man, this is brown and I wanted blue. No. This isn't my size. I really don't like this texture. No, this is what the Bible said. He rent his own garments and he put on the garment of Elijah, the mantle that represented the anointing. Here's how the yes of God is delivered in your life. Will you sacrifice and you deny who you are and you crucify your flesh and I crucify my flesh and I step into the promise of God and I slide into the promise of God and I wrap myself in the promise of God and I wrap myself in the yes of God and I clothe myself in it till it covers me. It begins to work in my life. He put on the mantle and the Bible said he gets back to the Jordan. He's getting ready to step into this new portion of anointing and this double portion and the Bible said when he gets there the Bible said he takes off the mantle and he declares this I'm looking for the God of Elijah where is the God of Elijah now remember uh, Elijah declared I'm looking for the God of Abraham Isaac and Israel there's something about knowing who God is and what he's brought you through but you're still focused on a greater season the Bible said he smote the waters the waters rolled back and the Bible said he walked across and the Bible said 50 men came and began to serve him now watch this is what happens in your life and in my life whatever we invest God always gives it back as a harvest. Any seed we ever sow, God always gives it back. He began to serve one man and God gave him 50 servants. He stepped in. Why? Because he was walking by faith because he made it through Gilgal. He was not walking by what he saw in the natural. He made it through Bethel and he learned out that he was Elisha, the man of God that would carry a double portion. He was no longer the plow boy. He made it through Jericho and he found out if I fight the God way, there's not a wall or a door. There's not a naysayer or a hater. There's not things in my life that will keep me down. Why? Because God is fighting for me and he has anointed me for this season and called me for this purpose. And then finally he crossed the Jordan, waving goodbye, declaring old things that passed away. Matter of fact, some of you today need to walk out of this church and wave goodbye to your yesterday. Some of you need the gift of forgive because God is getting ready to take you into a promise, but you keep trying to go back to your last season or you're trying to go back to the plow. But some of you, just like Elisha, you need to destroy the plow. You need to rise up and declare my future is in front of me. My best days are in front of me. My greatest days are... Come on, if you believe that today, put your hands together. Come on, jump to your feet. Celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate the yes of God, not just on this house, but in your life. The yes of God. I love what Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. See, for every one of us, there's a yes. And it's beyond what we know. And it's beyond what we can see. And it's beyond what we can comprehend. So God, just like Elijah and just like Elisha, he takes us on a journey. And it's called the process of God. And the process of God is what validates the promise of God and delivers the promise of God. So you can't negate the process and fully embrace the promise because you will not mature and you will not be able to handle it. But when you find yourself at a brook and walking through a scraping season, 
and having to believe for God to raise dead things back to life and stand on a mountain in front of all the haters and believe God is getting ready to open the heavens. Or you hear the sound of an abundance of rain that no one else has heard. Or you walk off a plow and you to sacrifice it and you walk through a Gilgal and you learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Or you find yourself at a Bethel and you have to discover really who you are because the circumstance of my life and the label of my life will not define me, but I am who God says I am. Or I to encounter a Jericho because God tells me I've been trying to fight in the flesh and I'm warring against people and things and it's really not my battle because there's an adversary out there trying to steal the yes of God in my life and he reminds me that I'm a mighty weapon or God or maybe I'm just standing with my feet at the edge of the Jordan and God says the anointing of God will part the waters and lead me and wherever you're at today I know this there's a yes for your life because the Bible says we have been stamped with the yes of Jesus. The promises of God are yes and amen. And when you step into that yes and you open your mouth and declare yes, you're not just declaring yes to the promise. You're declaring yes to the process. But when the process is over, I'm telling you, you are mighty and you are powerful and you are resolute and you begin to prosper according to the word of God. And it just doesn't hit you. But the Bible says the glory of God begins to work through us. What you didn't understand was the last season wasn't really about you. It was about your children because this is what the Bible said. He took him through a journey and then he said now go anoint Elisha. But here's what you got to see about Elisha. Elisha did twice the miracles that Elisha ever did. And when his bones were in a grave, the Bible said, there was a dead soldier thrown in on his bones. And the Bible said the minute that those that soldier hit the dead bones of Elisha there was an anointing still working. He jumped back to life. This is what God wants to do. He wants to deliver the yes of God in your life not just so you can walk around feeling anointed or being anointed or or just having the approval of God it's so that you have a power to release a family and raise a family and declare to a next generation that greater is in your future I'm believing for every graduate every student as they walk out of one year and into the next greater is in their next season I'm believing that for you that whatever you're trusting God for you leave this place today knowing that the yes of God has been stamped on your life. And when you begin to respond with a yes, God says, get ready. Greater is on the way. Get ready. New is on the way. Get ready. There's a wind on the way. But there's always a process. You've heard the story of this house because we love to tell it because it's a testimony to our life. We said yes to the yes of God. And the Bible said he started a process that we through Nicaragua And it weaved through places and corridors. And it brought us to an old grocery store. And we converted an old grocery store. Now we have another camp. But it was all a process. But really the process was with us in Naples before we ever arrived. When we had a handful of people and we just had to trust that bigger and better and greater was in our future. Every step is a process. But when you truly believe that old things are being passed away and all things are being new. You latch on to that promise and that yes because you know it's stamped in your life. I'm going to pray with you today. And after I pray with you, we're going to worship for a few moments. And I want you to let that yes out of you in worship. And I want you to declare to the heavens that you're on a journey of faith and that the process is preparing you for the promise. Because wherever you're at today, the next step has already been Order. Father, I pray you today, believing 
And those that are in this room, those that are watching on our internet campus, those that will watch by video at a later date, Father, I pray right now, Father, that the presence of God just stirs the yes of God in their life. And I pray, Father, that it would stir something and unlock something that would challenge them to believe for greater. So, Father, today, Father, our minds and our hearts, Let it be clean and pure. Let us submit to your plan and your will, knowing that you always have our best in mind. Father, renew and sharpen our focus so that we can leave here knowing that as we get a glimpse of you, we truly get a glimpse of us. We get a glimpse of greater things. And Father, let us always have a servant heart because it's that heart of a servant that has led to new levels. And I'm believing this, Father, as we make the kingdom happen for someone else, you're going to make it happen for us. So I just bless your people today, wherever they're at in their journey, Father, if they're just beginning or they're standing at the edge of their Jordan, Father, I pray you wrap them in the yes of your kingdom and the yes of your promise and you propel them into greater places. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, put your hands together today and let's just worship the Lord. Today. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.